0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1055. This week on Cars Yeah, I'm promoting the Cruise-In at LeMay America's Car Museum, the Grit City Motor Show, taking place Saturday, June 23rd. I'll be the MC at this fun event. You can learn more at lemaymuseum.org. Try to be well-rounded, communicate clearly, and
1: tailor your writing for your audience.
0: Hey, Tim, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready. All right. Tim Spell is an automotive columnist for InsuranceQuotes.com, and he's their writer for the Auto Spell Check column, featuring updated articles on self-driving car technology. InsuranceQuotes.com provides customers with an effective free way to compare insurance quotes online, as well as resources to learn more about their auto, home, health, life, and business insurance, Tim has spent 38 years at the Houston Chronicle Hearst Corp. And then was their editor and columnist for the Automotive Sections and Mixed Metal magazine. He spent 25 years as Truck Talk columnist for Motor Matter Syndicate. And is a past contributing writer to Road & Track, Open Road Magazine, and Car and Truck Buyers Guides. Boy, you've done a lot of things. He hosted the weekly auto show, weekly radio show, and test drive. TV show for United Airlines in-flight. So if you recognize his voice, you've probably seen him while sitting on an airplane. He's a five-time winner of the International Automotive Media Awards Best of Newspapers Award and past president of the Texas Auto Riders Association and co-founder of the Texas Truck Rodeo. Holy cow, Tim, you've been busy. Well, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles?
1: Okay. Well, my automotive journalism career began more than three decades ago, as you pointed out, at the Houston Chronicle. First, I was working for the special sections department. And along with other sections, I worked on the automotive special sections. So that was sort of my start. They had luxury. We had luxury car sections, truck sections, car care sections. But the major project was the annual Houston Auto Show section. And that was a great opportunity to learn about what was new in the industry. Yeah. The really big year was 1989, and it was pretty much pedal to the metal for my automotive career. Uh, that's because management decided the newspaper needed a regular automotive columnist, and I fortunately was chosen. Back then, I really didn't have a handle on the life of an automotive journalist, and it was a real eye opener. There were tons of press conferences, new car introductions to attend, and uh, really a lot to learn. Besides driving the newest cars and trucks, I traveled to a lot of interesting places. So all of a sudden, I was thrown in. I was meeting with major auto executives and driving on big league racetracks. And at first, I was way out of my comfort zone, (laughs) but I I, I loved it. My uh, career started to snowball. And with the newspaper's permission, I started a column called Truck Talk for the Motor Matter Syndicate and a few years later, I was asked to host a weekly radio show. Then, you know, this is really talking about being on my comfort zone, I was invited to co-host a TV show for United Airlines in-flight television. The years have passed. I've done a lot. Uh, I retired, took a break, but still kept my toes in the water riding the Motor Matters column. And several months ago, I was contacted by insurancequotes.com to be their automotive columnist, and it's been really great. I've enjoyed uh, writing this uh, driverless car series for the website. As you said, it's called Auto Spellcheck, so I'm still having fun.
0: Yeah, you are. Oh, my gosh. Well, you never know what doors and opportunities may open when you enter into the automotive world, and it sounds like you've passed through a lot of doors. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been... Instrumental in your life, something that you maybe live by. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Tim, take the wheel.
1: Well, the big advice to, to journalists, it's very simple. Try to be well-rounded, communicate clearly, and tailor your writing for your audience. Don't be overly technical and you know, like, just focus on high-performance cars. But also work at delivering stories that excite the senses. When I wrote, wrote for a, a general newspaper audience, I'd sprinkle in those fun you know, dream car pieces. Mm-hmm. But I'd also address the readers wanting, you know, an affordable, sensible point A to point B, you know, ride. What triggered the enthusiasm of readers most, and it's really what I enjoyed, was writing historical articles. They loved it when I interviewed like Carol Shelby about his role in the nineteen sixties car culture or Craig mm-hmm. Reedlove about his land speed records. A story I did about a guy who met Al Capone as a youngster and helped his dad bulletproof Capone's Cadillac. Oh
0: that really gosh. got a
1: lot of attention, yeah. <laughs> that was a fun one. And the guy was still alive, so it was really wonderful talking to him.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's fun talking to interesting people. Of course, I get to do it every day here on Cars, yeah? People like you, people in all walks of the automotive world. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, as a journalist, too, there's a, a certain amount of obligation you have to the way that you report the news. We hear about all this the fake news today and all the things that are manipulated and twisted, but... I don't know if in the car industry, if it's really uh, gone into that world. Thank goodness, it's more politics and so forth. But uh, I think it's a good way to live your life. Sounds like uh, you've been very successful by following that mantra and way of writing. Well, let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment when you look back when you knew that you were indeed a car guy?
1: I think it was early, early on, uh, back in elementary school as a child. I was a model car junkie. and I know kids today really don't do that as much, but I had model kits and parts all over my room. I did, <laughs> too. It, it just,
0: oh, did you? Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I loved building model cars. That was the thing. Yeah. Then when
1: slot cars became the rage, I was all over that. Cars were my passion. I, when I grew older, I joined the school car clubs, et cetera. And it's been great. How it's enhanced my life is pretty obvious. I've lived an exciting life, and I have actually made a decent living. and with a fun job in the car business.
0: Well, you've discovered the secret sauce to life, but yeah, I remember building cars and I used to buy three models and build one car out of the three models by customizing pieces and doing different things, putting multiple engines in and stuff. And yeah, my mom always knew where to find me. I'd be out either in the garage where I could build them on a workbench my dad built for me or in my room. And Oh, yeah. that's uh, That was so much fun. I love building cars. Let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down, Tim. No doubt you've been faced with maybe a few challenges here and there, or maybe even a failure. And the important part of this question, though, has to do with what these things teach us. So walk us through one of yours, take us kind of in a deep dive, and then tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career, and your business, and your life.
1: Sure, I've had plenty of failures, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, This job had thrown me way out of my comfort zone, especially at first. And for the first few decades of my life, I had a fear of public speaking. Mm, I did almost anything to get out of it. Mm -hmm. I even skipped school one time uh, when I had to give a speech. (laughs) When I committed to doing radio, it was like this major throw me in and make me swim experience during TV and doing uh, the TV show was even scarier, but somehow I mustered the courage, you know, and waded into it and overcame the problem. So, you know, I
0: guess the message
1: is, you know, have confidence in yourself. Uh, You're probably better than you think
0: you are. You know, this is a really interesting topic because yeah, getting out public speaking for most people, many people, I'll put it that way. I mean, not most, but many is the biggest fear getting up in front and then coming across sounding poorly or whatever it might be. And that's a big challenge with me with getting people on the show. They say, Mark, I love your show, but I'm petrified. I'm too afraid to talk publicly. I might sound silly or goofy or whatever. I always say, hey, I'll make sure that doesn't happen. I would ask you what would be a maybe a tip or some kind of a little confidence throw you might throw somebody who's facing this fear? Because it is a big fear to have to get up and talk in front of people and try to come across eloquent, and you start to realize how good, real good actors are when you get into a TV role and say, wow, now I know what it takes to, you know, be good. What would you say to somebody that's maybe having to get up in front of their company or their school or any kind of group and give a speech or get in front of a camera? That's a whole nother level of, of uh, confidence you have to build up. What are some of the things you dug deep for so that you can do it? Yeah, I took a lot of a deep breath.
1: Uh, <laughs> yes, breathe. Remember that, to breathe. And- it's really important. What I've learned is public speaking is not that bad. If you really know what you're talking about, mm. prepare practice, go for it in front of a mirror or in front of a, a few uh, family members or whatever. And then if this is easier said than done, but try to relax and just realize they're just people you're talking to. And usually not that usually they're pulling for you.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, remember to breathe. That's an important one. <laughs> remember the first time I ever got in a race car to go around a racetrack. And that was one of the things the guy that came up, he said, one thing you got to remember to do, Mark. I go, what? Breathe. <laughs> so, uh, Yeah, it's kind of an obvious thing. But uh, you know what? You just got to do it. And I think you found just like I found with this podcast is the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. And you're right, people are pulling for you. They they want you to be successful. I mean, very few people want you to fail. And you don't need those people around you anyway. So great story. Thanks for sharing a, a challenging part of your life. Let's shift gears and go to another direction, what I call an aha moment. It's when your career kind of takes a, a new path, a new road, and things improve because of it. So tell us about one of those aha moments in your life.
1: Well, it was when I decided to start my Motor Matters column that I realized there was an opportunity or opportunities, really, to branch out and grow my career. And fortunately, the the Houston Chronicle looked at this as an opportunity to put the newspaper in a national spotlight, so they approved me doing this. When I did outside work, there had to be an attribution that I was a Chronicle's automotive editor, and that was always required. Went on with radio and TV, and as you mentioned earlier, I had freelanced for magazines such as uh Road and Track, Open Road, so branching out. And, and at that particular time when I started the, the column it says, Yeah, I can do this. I can get my fingers into more pies. So
0: Yeah, I like that. For your finger into more pies. Yeah, I can see my mom swatting my hand away right now <laughs> as I try to do that one. <laughs> Very nice. Well, let's have a little bit more fun, talk about you and cars a little bit. Go back in time and tell us about your first really special car. That first car you got that you went, man, i wanted this for so long. It's so cool. And maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle.
1: Well, that would have to be my first new car purchase. And that was a 1970 Pontiac Firebird. It was yellow, which was a a popular color back in those days. And it had a black interior. I mean, I remember waking up the next morning after I purchased my uh my heart was pounding, and I I took this cruise through my town with the eight-track player blasting out music. And so <laughs> I went on. I put some Goodyear uh, wide oval white-letter tires on it. You know, I cruised the local drag over and over, yeah. and that was the first of three more Pontiacs. They had a couple of more Firebirds and uh, a Le Mans followed. So you know, nice. that car was would be pretty special.
0: Yeah, I think so. I can see you cruising down the boulevard in that Bumblebee bright yellow with a black interior. Yep. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> well, how about seller's remorse? We all have this sad moment in life where we let something go and we kind of wish we hadn't. Is there a seller's remorse story in your in your garage? Thinking back, you know, back to that
1: same car, that 1970 Firebird would be a great one to have back in my garage. You know, lots of memories are attached to it. I got it during an exciting time in my life when I was starting college. I was dating. I had my first job that, you know, enabled me to afford a car and even a pretty cool apartment, you know, it was a a great time
0: for me. No doubt. Well, I'd love to talk a little bit more about insurancequotes.com because uh, I'd like our listeners to know more about not only what you do there and what has you excited and fired up, but more about the website, what it has to offer, because I've been exposed to this now and been looking around the website. There's a lot of information there, a lot of valuable information for Anybody in the car world, much less any kind of world where we need insurance, whether it's business, home, or automotive. So tell us a little bit about what has you excited and fired up in Insurance Quotes and what people would find if they visit insurancequotes.com.
1: On my end, it's very focused. I'll have to admit that I really don't explore or work in the other areas. I focus on cars. And what's gotten me excited about that, it's my first opportunity to focus on something other than car reviews. Mm, It's allowed me to write feature-type articles, and those are what I prefer. And what I like about uh, insurancequote.com, they want to stay really on the cutting edge of technology. Mm. And it's things beyond that I would even be dealing with. And uh, so it's kept me on the cutting edge of the business. And it's created a great challenge for me to learn about you know the really amazing technology that's being developed today and uh that's the autonomous car technology and it's really going at a mind-blowing pace there there are other articles in there mine have dealt mainly recently with driverless cars and the uh, uh autonomous vehicle trend mm-hmm. and uh so it's it's been a great experience
0: well i would think so and you know self-driving cars, autonomous cars. I mean, Cadillac just came out with the, a car that pretty much anybody can buy and point and shoot, and it takes you places. I mean, it's pretty Super incredible. Cruise.
1: Hands off, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Hands, yeah, which is just mind-boggling. I had Michael Harley from uh, Kelly Blue Book on the show, and he posted a video of him driving in one of those things through LA, and he goes, this is just bizarre. <laughs> it's just mind-boggling. You know, it's, it's pretty cool what's happening, and you're right, how fast it's happening. And of course, where unfortunately, most of the attention goes is in the few that have accidents or they crash or something's going on in the case recently, somebody lost their life was hit by a car that was self driving in a sense and and it really kind of you know sets a tone for the whole concept of being so negative but I would love to hear since you've been in the industry for so long your thoughts a little bit you don't have to go too much in depth here, but just What are your thoughts on on hands-free driving, autonomous cars? I mean, as what you've learned, because you've gotten into the nitty-gritty of it with your writing, what are your thoughts about it?
1: Well, my thoughts are it's really developing at a rapid pace, and I've been really surprised on how fast uh, it's going and, and how advanced the technology is and how bold the manufacturers have been with introducing that technology. There are so many different areas. Like today, I wrote a story about this new framework developed by MIT called MetLife. And it's allowing autonomous cars to go into rural, unmapped areas on unpaved roads. We've got a lot of rural areas you know, in the United States. There, there's so many aspects of it. It looks like the first thing we're going to see is commercial uh, ride-hailing services. And that's the one in in urban areas where they're working on most aggressively. Millennials seem to really adapt to this type of technology. And even though a lot of the older people are suspect of it, they're also interested in it because, let's say you live in a nursing home, you're handicapped or whatever, driverless cars will be a, a great way to get around.
0: Yeah, you know, and I hadn't thought about that when this first started coming. I just thought, well, I love driving, so I don't like the whole idea. But when I started thinking about it, and who opened my eyes to it, and it's a bad pun here in some ways, I had a guest on the show who was a motorcycle land speed record setter who's blind. And he said to me, someday, I can't wait for the day that I can summon a motorcycle to the front of my house, I can jump on it, and it will take me somewhere. All autonomously. And you kind of get shivers up your spine going, Whoa. I mean, that's actually possible. That could actually happen. And for somebody who's blind, who can't just jump on a bike and go anywhere, but loves motorcycles, what a wonderful freedom that provides you. Or for elderly people who are uncomfortable with driving, or they have challenges driving, or like you said, they might be physically impaired. The fact that they can have the freedom now to summon a car, come and get them and take them anywhere they want. They don't have to rely on other people. That's what the car was all about in the beginning, freedom, right? Giving us freedom, yes.
1: yeah. And there's definitely an adjustment period when you're uh, in the driver's seat of one of these vehicles. It's counterintuitive and in, in, in so many ways to let the car do the work for you. It's really cool, and it's, it's progressing
0: at a at a rapid rate. And uh, it's coming at us. It is <laughs> nicely put, there, Tim. It's coming at us. Just don't hit us, please. Just, yep. uh, just pull up to the curb and give us a ride, a, a ride, a ride to the concert. Worse, yeah. yeah, maybe so, but I, it made me, it made me chuckle a little bit. So I like that. Well, you are a writer, of course. So you're on the creative side. Now here's a very introspective question for you, Tim. If you were a vehicle, what kind of vehicle would Tim be and why? It's better than asking me what a tree or something. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, no well, tree. Who cares about I, a tree? <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's one thing I know at this stage in my life, I wouldn't be a fast one. So okay. <laughs> uh, I'd be an old car, but a cool car. And I'm thinking okay. back, uh, 1962 Corvette. You know, the oh. last of the C1 first generation Vets. Nice. You know, it yes. still got. It still gives you lots of respect. Yeah. But it's best, especially you know, compared to this era of, you know, high performance, uh, you know, for cruising, you know, at a comfortable speed. So that's how I like to go through life. I like it. (laughs) A (laughs) 62-bed it is.
0: Nicely put, Tim. I like it. Well thought through. Well, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah! I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark, a Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hey, this is Mark Green. Are you interested in selling online and building a sustainable business? Bonanza is a marketplace platform that empowers you to create your dream business. Getting started at Bonanza is easy. You can start fresh or import your items from other marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or Shopify. Auto parts and accessories are a high-performance category at Bonanza, and there's no risk involved in signing up. There are no listing fees or monthly fees. You pay only when you make the sale. Bonanza listens to seller feedback and uses it to improve tools and build new features, so there are tons of customization options for sellers no matter what the size of your business. Be sure to sign up using the link bonanza.com slash cars. Yeah. And you'll receive a free consultation with Bonanza experts who make sure that you are on your way to generating sales. That's bonanza.com slash cars. Yeah. All right, Tim, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? When editors, you know, told me to, it sounds very simple, but communicate
1: clearly and don't bog the reader down, especially with unnecessary technical information.
0: Ah, so yeah. communicate well clearly. And it's- yep, yep. I understand. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes over the years?
1: Well, when possible, when I'm not on a hot deadline, I like to sleep on a story. Ah. Don't file it the day you you write it, yep. because you'll definitely view it differently and more clearly the next morning. Yes, ah, I love and, that, and yeah. that goes with a lot of other things in life. Yes, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, sleep on it. You know that that old term, sleep on it before you do it. I've I've told people that that want to buy a car and they're all heated up about buying some collector car, and I go, you know what, sleep on it. You might think a little differently tomorrow after you've, your brain. I think your brain keeps working at night when you're asleep. It keeps working on ideas and concepts to kind of help you uh, make the right choice. Now, there's a lot of great resources out there these days. Of course, one of the best, insurancequotes.com. We know about that one. But is there a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Well, outside of in you know, insurancequotes.com, for me, really, the best resource is having a close relationship with a PR person, a manufacturer PR person. Mm. And this is one who can get you questions answered on the deadline and these are people who can hook you up with quality interviews which are so important if you you know you want to do a good piece so yeah
0: my best resource is the PR people i think so yeah i've connected with a lot of great PR people who've helped me get really great guests on the show one of them did that with you today so jacob was kind enough to put us together so uh, yeah great to have those connections now if i could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry Living or deceased, who would that person be? That's really a tough one. I know. I am up.
1: It's really my, you know, I'm a big land speed fan. Okay. So I'd like to meet up with an old timer. It's Sir Malcolm Campbell. Now, you know, he went incredibly and dangerously fast in his old bluebirds. In other words, in 1935, he was pushing this ancient technology to speeds, you know, in excess of 300 miles an hour. Yeah. And so that was, you know, I I just think he's fascinating. So,
0: yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. Remember the Bluebird when I was a kid. In fact, I built a model of that thing. And it's hard to imagine 300 miles an hour because when you get up to 100 in a car, you're pretty darn fast. And every incremental 10, 20 miles an hour over that is insanely fast. I can't even imagine going 300 plus or some of these guys going 600 miles an hour. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, And again, this was 1935. So, yes. Safety technology was not in place back then.
0: Well, the tires alone <laughs> would scare the bejebas <laughs> out of you when you think what the pressures you're putting on a tire at 300 in miles an hour in yeah. 1932. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. Yeah. Now, how about a book? I would assume you've read a lot of great books. Is there one you'd like to share?
1: You know, I, I, kind of, I enjoyed uh, Let's see, the there's a book called The People's Tycoon. It was by Stephen Watts. Mm-hmm. And offered some really good insight into the life of Henry Ford, who yeah. I don't know if I get along with him, but I think I would really like to meet him, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a great book. Yeah, there's so many great books written about Henry Ford. What an intriguing guy. I mean, can't imagine what it would be like to sit around a table and just listen to him. But uh, another great book recommendation. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great recommendations on Tim's show notes page at com. Just type Tim Spell into the search bar. His page will pop up and this book will pop up too. And there's another great place in the Car Show website called Guest Recommended Books where there's over a thousand books listed. I've made it really easy. Just go there, click, takes you right to Amazon and you can buy the book. So lots of great resources there. Incredible books recommended by my inspiring automotive enthusiast. All right, Tim, we are up to the fun one, the checkered flag. And this can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, but there's a couple rules. You can only have one. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with, and you got to drive it and enjoy it. Not so much an everyday driver, but a fun car. But money's no object. I'm writing the check today, so what's it going to be?
1: Darn, you know, with you writing the check, I'm almost tempted to get some type of uh, Pebble Beach Concours winner or something. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? I'm really, I'm very simple in my taste. And I mainly like good old American iron. In my case, this would be good old American fiberglass because it'd (laughs) be that 1962 Corvette I mentioned earlier. I was fascinated by those original vets as a boy, and I dreamed of only one. I I can remember putting together a 1962 model kit putting in the lights, so it would be an answer to a boyhood dream that's really never gone away.
0: Yeah, I'll bet. Now, would you like a, a coupe or a convertible? A convertible, and you know, uh, for sure. And you have a color? Because I want to make sure I deliver the right car to your garage.
1: Well, you know, just a good old polo white would be fine, but, you know, okay. red, red would also work.
0: All right, well, you're going to be a, I'm not going to call you a cheap date, because that would be disrespectful, yeah. but but at least it's not asking for a Ferrari GTO <laughs> no. or some of the outlandish cars that I've heard on the show. But I understand, you know, so much about cars goes back to our childhood and memories and experiences. So I love the fact that you're uh, leaning back on a childhood memory and a dream. So I hope you can get one of those in your garage one of these days. I'll do my best to deliver one. It may take me a while to get there, but uh, Thank you. hang, you're welcome. Hang tight with me. Well, Tim, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Car Show listeners. Is there a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you can offer us before you rip off into the sunset in that 62 Corvette convertible?
1: I guess it's pretty much a recap of other things I said. When you're working in this business, be professional, produce accurate, interesting, and clearly written or produced, if you will, work that, plus treat those in the business fairly and with respect, and you'll increase your odds of good things coming your way.
0: Absolutely.
1: Right now, I'm the chairman of the Texas Auto Riders Excellence and Craft Competition, which mm-hmm. kicks off tomorrow, and we have a, a non-members uh, truck riding category, so anybody in the whole world can participate, and you can find that info at texasautoriders.org. And then, of course, those wonderful driverless car columns. Yeah, you know, And as you said, you go to com, click on the auto tab if you want to, and usually that latest story is listed in the banner on the left side.
0: Cool. Very cool. Well, listeners, I'll make sure you can find these links that Tim has shared on his show notes page on the carsia website. Just check it out. Go to carsia.com, type in Tim Spell, and that page will pop up. And, of course, check out insurancequotes.com. I think you'll be really excited with what you can find there. Very easy to use. Everybody needs insurance in one way or another at one time in their life, so check out insurancequote.com. I think they'll provide you with some wonderful resources to get that little part of life taken care of quickly and easily and fairly. Tim, thanks for being so generous with your time today and your expertise and for sharing your automotive life with the Cars out listeners and with me. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Thank you very much. I've certainly enjoyed it, and we've rehashed we some really great memories here.
0: Yes, we have. The pleasure's all mine. Thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design, and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered, commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. You take care of your cars.